The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So summer has sprung and the kids are at home and it got me thinking, uh, it got me and my guests thinking, what can we talk about during the summertime that would be helpful uh, as we take this respite from the academic year? And so our topic today is raising the issue, how to raise difficult um, issues with your school, your teacher, uh, the daycare provider, or the activity director um, when your kids are involved in all the things that they're involved in. I was thinking about a time when uh, my oldest son was about one and a half or two years old. I had him at a local daycare and, you know, the thing about parenting, we only know as much as we know. So I had about one and a half or two years of experience as a parent, not very much. And I didn't know all the answers, but I picked, I picked him up one day from daycare and he was standing in the playground, an outdoor playground, by the fence all by himself. All the other kids were playing together and my son was standing alone. And he didn't look unhappy or nothing appeared to be wrong, but his separateness from everyone else disturbed me a little. And I asked him if everything was okay. He said it was, but I still didn't feel entirely good about it. I wasn't sure how I was going to raise this with the daycare. My my concern was if I if I went in really strongly and said, hey, he should be playing with everyone else, that, that might have some sort of repercussion on him that I didn't want if I was seen as some terrible, raging, lunatic mother. I didn't want to stay silent about it either because it felt important to me. So I sat with the question, how do I raise this? And I was talking to a friend one day, and she was someone who had older kids, so she'd been parenting a little longer than me. So in a mentoring role, she said to me, you have to put them on notice that you're paying attention. He's your child and you're paying attention. You need to put them on notice. So I went to the daycare the next day with a little bit more uh, fortitude, I guess, in hand. And I said, you know, I noticed that my son was standing alone and maybe he prefers to stand alone, maybe he doesn't, but, but it felt like nobody really noticed that he was by himself and that troubles me. What can we do about it? And uh, the next time I picked him up, uh, there he was engaged in a game with everyone else. The daycare provider had uh, gotten all the kids together, so it was not um, 
so much free play at that moment as something organized and maybe it was just coincidence and timing but I felt better and I felt better for having raised it but without that person sort of reminding me that I get to say something about what I'm feeling as a mother um, I'm not sure I would have been able to handle it so easily and so we wanted to talk about that more today Uh, maybe your kids are not in daycare maybe they're in elementary school or maybe they're older Uh, and here we go so my guest today is Royal Carney he is one of my um, favorite people to work with he's my partner in the work at the school where we run Power Circles which is a program for kids that we've run for two years and I'm delighted that he is taking time out of his summer vacation to join me here on the show today. Welcome, Royal. Thank you. Glad to be here. So this is a topic that you um, uh, and I were talking about before the holidays, mm-hmm. and you said this would be a great thing to speak to on the show. What's so important about this for you? Well, I think it's, um, it's uh, detrimental to, uh, um, or sorry, imperative to um, uh, have a great uh, relationship as a parent with um, any mentor um, that's involved with your kids, uh, whether it's a coach, a teacher, um, a music teacher, dance teacher, uh, daycare provider, whatever it is, as you mentioned earlier, um, it's imperative to have uh, um, a good communication with uh, that person and um, that you're both working on the same page. And um, because through my experience with uh, the parents at our school, um, the ones that uh, I have a good relationship with, meaning uh, a consistent communication, mm-hmm. um, it works out so much better. I mean, uh, we're all both on the same page. Uh, if there is a problem, we can iron it out and talk about it um, and make things better. But if you allow things to fester, it can be detrimental to the development of your, of your child because um, a bad grade... Uh, not mark wise, but like grade year, year wise. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, can set a kid back, and um, you know, a lot of that can be uh, prevented by uh, just communicating with a teacher or me- mentor of any kind uh, right from the get go. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I'm. Uh, that's my issue with uh, you know uh, being on the same page as yes. uh, as each other, and uh, I think it's so important. And when you say being on the same page, say more about what that means to you. Um, as far as uh, wanting the same um, outcome and going about it the same way um, okay. or with the same belief system, you know, okay. as far as uh, positive reinforcement goes uh, and motivation, um, being hard and honest on a student if uh, the case calls for it, and uh, both parent and mentor being uh being completely honest with uh with the child uh mm-hmm. for their development whether that honesty is good or it's bad um it can be both right um so uh i that to me is so important um as far as being on the same page goes is just the same type of value system uh and making sure that uh both of you know that you're going in that direction 
You know, I'd like to um, remind our listeners that you're welcome to call in and speak uh, about raising the issue, whether you're a teacher or a parent or uh, someone involved in providing mentorship and care to children. The number to call in is one 888 346-9141. And uh, Royal and I would, would love to uh, engage with you in conversation about this. I, I'm thinking about um, times when those belief systems or values don't align. I mean, what, what is a parent to do if they find that their, their values are not the same as the teacher or mentor who is involved with their mm-hmm. child? What do, you, what do you think about that? How has Ooh. that worked for you? Well, again, um, I, 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 if, it, if you allow it to fester and you yeah. don't talk about it, uh, then it's a problem. Um, yeah. And it, a problem that grows throughout the school year or many school years or whatever. Um, so, uh, again, communication, going in and talking about it and maybe meeting somewhere in the middle if the, value, the values of the, the two, um, parent and mentor, don't match up. Um, you have to meet somewhere in the middle if, if both of you want uh, a good, strong development for the child. Um, so, I, but again, it comes back to talking and not letting a situation fester or a problem fester and uh, not going to somebody else and talking about it because that's, uh, for example, another teacher or the principal. Come and talk directly to that teacher. That's what we try to teach our kids to do, communicate properly and and express their feelings. And as adults, we have to do the same. It's uh, just as important or more important because you can't always run to mommy as a, as a child and you have to grow from that as an adult in the workforce or communicating with other adults. So um, communications, my mind, uh, number one. You know, when I'm working with leaders, we talk about this as well. And um, in the leadership uh, vocabulary, we call this um, courageous authenticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Courageous being the courage to raise the issue, uh, to raise that there's a problem or that there's something going on. And authenticity um, being able to speak in a timely and clear manner as to what, what the issue really is and the impact it's having. Mm-hmm. on you so right. as um uh and i think and i really i was sort of i always create a little framework around whatever it is i'm going to talk about on this show so the framework i have for this so far and then i gonna flesh it out with you t- here uh mm-hmm. and we'll do it together but is clarity what's what's the issue courage yeah. the courage to actually say it um compassion right. how do i communicate with another human being in a way that leaves us both feeling whole and um, honored, even if we don't agree, even if we don't end up agreeing at the end. And then I love your point because I'd written it here too, timely. There's nothing worse than being blindsided Mm -hmm. by something that you knew nothing about. Like there was a problem someone has had with me apparently for a couple of weeks and I only mm-hmm. heard about it yesterday, maybe, right. maybe even a month. And right. I only heard about it yesterday. And I mean, there's, there's no chance, there's a chance now for me to do something about it, obviously, but I would yeah. have loved to have known that, that I was having an impact that I wasn't what I intended, you know, three weeks ago. Cause I could yeah. have, I could have kept it from getting worse. For sure. And I think that's the festering that you speak to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and um, but you're right. Uh, I like courageous because that's uh, something interesting. It takes courage to do everything that we do, uh, yes. getting up in the morning and and going to work every day, and being a consistently hard worker. That takes courage, and so you're constantly faced with 
the battle of being courageous uh, every day of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And um, being a, an adult and a person of strength, it takes courage to go and be honest with people. Sometimes we're going to disagree, and people are so uncomfortable with, um, you know, disagreeing with somebody or confrontation, um, whether it's physical confrontation or uh, just a conversation, right, a disagreement. Yes. Yes. Um, it's it, both extremes uh, people are uncomfortable with, so it takes courage to go and confront somebody, even if it's just a little tiny issue. It does. It takes courage because it's something that we don't want to do, but um, we have to force ourselves to to be courageous and be strong and, and communicate properly as adults, so uh, I, I really like that point. You know, it's one of the things that can be um, uh, a few months or a lifetime of a development for mm-hmm. us humans is to confront the belief that if I say something and the other person doesn't like what I say, mm-hmm. that I'm still valid, I'm still okay. And I think that is often what's at the the heart of the problem. Right. In in the problem as far as the problem being not raising the issue. Mm-hmm. I think that we I think that many of us walk around with a belief that if I say something and this other person doesn't like it then s- somehow that means I'm bad or I'm not valid yeah. or I'm not enough or I'm not good. Yeah, I think I think that, that I agree with that. Uh, that comes from like uh when we're kids too, like we're afraid to say certain things that might not might not be the group consensus mm-hmm. and we're afraid that uh we're not going to be popular or liked anymore, right? Exactly. And, uh, it just it just strengthens through time and and the habit of not speaking our mind um, uh, and not confronting issues that that linger with us, right? So, as uh, I think a lot of us as adults, we have to decondition ourselves to um, yeah, speak up, go speak your mind. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean the person who you don't agree with is a bad person. It's just as adults, we have to work things out and communicate properly and 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 do that right away. So for those who are listening who are maybe on the parent side of this equation and they have something that they want to raise that um, with you, let's say, as a teacher, because you're representing the the voice of teacher here on this show at the moment, Mm -hmm. uh, although you're a parent too, but a parent of a newborn. So, I mean, how old is she now? Not a newborn anymore, but eight weeks, eight weeks old? Uh, yeah, almost uh, almost three months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, soon you'll be in the in the role <laughs> of uh, parent on this in this equation as well. Right. <laughs> and um, what what do you what do you have to say to parents who may struggle with that? Who may be concerned that if they come and talk to you about something, that it may damage the relationship because you may have different opinions. I mean, how do you welcome an opinion that isn't uh, the same as yours? Well, um, you know, it's uh, I, you. You have to um, confront the issue as a parent. So whether I agree with you or I don't, yeah. um, that the issue has to be confronted. It has to be dealt with. It has to be aired. And I, I believe an open-minded person who may not take to the suggestion of trying a different approach at the start, once they go back and think about it, um, will be open enough to try try something different with a certain student. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, um, I know a lot of uh, teachers get stuck in their ways, me being one of them, mm-hmm. and we 
we have to constantly remind themsel- ourselves to try different approaches, that everybody's different, um, be- especially if you know, your methods have worked with a number of kids. Yeah. Not everybody's the same, right? So right. Um, I like to believe that most of us are open-minded, including me, are open-minded enough to, to try different approaches, even if we might not take to it at the start or might get our backs up at the start once we think about it. Um, we will. We can implement new strategies or uh, change our approach. So, um, yeah, I think um, no matter what, it has to be addressed and talked about. It doesn't matter how the person's going to react at the start, seeing the so, future. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got something to add to our framework that's evolving mm-hmm. here, and that's um, being willing to be open to another possibility or another way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's on both sides, of, right? Sorry? That's on both sides. Yeah, that's that's right, for both yeah. parties, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you're um, an effect, if you're effective at your job or your profession, um, you have to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, adapt your methods to different people, to different situations and times, and all this. So. Yeah, and this being open um, allows us to, you know, I was saying at the beginning, we're works, well, I didn't say this, but I was thinking to myself, we're works in progress. We're all, mm-hmm. we're all learning. We're all, you know, making our way through life. Even parenting, you know, my kids are now 13 and 10. I still only have 13 years of experience of parenting. So right. as, as the 13-year-old gets older, I don't know what I don't know. I mm-hmm. haven't had this experience yet. And so being willing to be mentored, to listen to what someone else might have, uh, might have worked for somebody else or might have been helpful, you know, just to be open to that, to know, to know that I don't have to know all the answers. I think that's a really important thing in this courageous authenticity dance is if both parties can um, be okay with not having to know all the answers at the outset, we can right. find a way together and be willing to, to be open to, to other possibilities. Right. And that's where, like, trust comes in too, right? If um, you have a good relationship with somebody or you're, you do have an open communication line, you can trust the other person to, you know, grow and, and also make mistakes. Nobody's perfect Absolutely. from the best coach in the world to a beginning teacher. So mistakes are made, but I think parents and, and teachers have to work together and, and being honest and open about that, that that's going to happen in life, yeah. right? Yeah. And parents make mistakes too. Of course, sure. we all do. We all do. And judgment and all this, but um, it's a um, matter of uh, trusting each other that uh, it's going to get ironed out because the number of teachers that I've worked with over the years, um, I would say 90, almost 100% of them have good intentions. Yes. Intentions are good. They yeah. screw up, yes. But the intentions behind the act are good and meant to make uh, the student a better person. So, Well, we need to go to a break. But when okay. we come back, we're going to talk more on pick up this thread of trust and assuming positive intent. And if you'd like to join us after the break, please call in at 1-888-346-9141. I'm here with Royal Carney, and we're talking about raising the issue. And we'll see you on the other side of this break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Could your business be doing better? 
In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders, and you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadik, your host, and I'm here today with Royal Carney. We're talking about raising the issue, uh, how to raise difficult and challenging conversations uh, and issues with your teacher or your child's mentor. And uh, before we jump back into the conversation, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge my sponsors, um, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden. You can locate these fine gentlemen at fittolead.com. That's F-I-T-T-O-L-E-A-D. That's for Jim Anderson. And Bob, I mean, sorry, Dan Holden um, at danielholdenassociates.com. And the reason I said Bob is because um, my dear friend Bob Anderson, the founder of the Leadership Circle, that's my other sponsor. And um, the Leadership Circle, you can find them at theleadershipcircle.com. If you're interested in leadership assessment technology and consulting services, uh, go there and check it out. So, Royal, before the break, we had segued into this issue of trust and assuming that the, well, we didn't actually go here, but assuming positive intent is where I'm going with this as we continue to build out our framework for raising issues. So assuming that the, even if things aren't going well or even if there's an issue at the moment, that the teacher or mentor and the parent has a positive intention. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's um, something that's pretty important to foster that kind of trust. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not living in a uh, fairy tale world. I, I know there are some people who do not uh, take the job seriously, and there are bad mentors out there. But I'm speaking from my experience, where most people that I've encountered in this profession do have uh, positive intentions, mm-hmm. and. Uh, want to see um, the students progress and become good people and uh, build their confidence through academics or sports or music or 
drama or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and there's also there's there's uh, we have to factor in and remember all the time. There's two sides to every story, and two sides to every situation. The teacher side and the student side. So, um, a lot of the times we just hear one uh, uh, one side of the story, and we have to right. we have to always remember that before we jump to conclusions. Um, but uh, developing that trust is is important, and of course, the teacher has to develop that with uh, the student first and foremost um, throughout the year. It doesn't happen immediately, obviously. Mm-hmm. It um, it happens over a period of time, and um, through our actions and uh, what we say as well. Um, and uh, with parents, uh, we see this obviously see the students a lot more than we see the, the parents. But um, if we could. Uh, I know at our school we interact with the parents quite a bit, um, which is nice because um, the ones that uh, I have good relationships with, um, I talk to quite a bit. Uh, for example, yourself. And uh, we definitely, like I said before, stay on the same page as far as um, knowing what, uh, what, your, what your boys are up to and how they're prog- progressing and what direction we want to go in with them as far as values and what we're teaching as far as good character goes and, and, uh, all this type of thing. And, um, so it's, uh, that, that trust with the parent grows over time too, but it's just a little bit harder, obviously, because we don't see them as much yes. uh, in a regular school of, uh, let's say a public school, it would be a lot harder because, um, you have a lot more kids per class and, uh, um, you obviously don't see the parents as much because there's not uh, the after school programs that we have in a, private school or uh, um, we're just not interacting as much because the parents are a lot more involved in parent councils at our school and so on and so forth. So, But uh, that also has to develop over time. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about myself. So I guess I'm, I'm standing in the role of uh, te- uh, not teacher, parent at the moment. Um, I, I, I think I've been standing in the role of coach for a lot of this conversation, talking about how this, um, how we, how this framework might help. Now, from the parent perspective, I can think of a time recently when I, I got a note from a teacher, and I was not happy at all mm-hmm. at first with my child because I only had the teacher side of the story. So I was very upset. And um, wrote back to say, oh, thank you so much for telling me. I'll surely be on top of this with my child. And then I spoke to my child and found that there was this whole other side to the story, which hadn't been in the initial communication. So as I pieced it together from my perspective, um, the next step I took was actually not what you recommended. I actually went to the principal with it because Mm -hmm. I I don't have a relationship with that teacher. And so I went to the principal, but I... And I was angry when I went. I was. I was. I was triggered. Let's put it that way. I was triggered <laughs> because of um, the details of the situation, which I won't get into. But I went to the principal, and then, and then I was able to let it go. I let. I let him ha- actually handle it. Now, had I had a relationship with that teacher, and there was some trust and some track record, I probably would have gone directly to that individual and raised it there. But in this case, I. It's not. That wasn't the relationship that I had. And not knowing what else to do, uh, because she wasn't there at the times of day that I was, I went to him. But I was thinking as well that when we raise an issue, whether we do it directly with the person or with the principal or the director or whatever, the actual raising of something 
can foster more trust. And I think it's in how we navigate the conversation. So if I go in all guns a-blazing and just start mowing down everybody left, right, and center, um, it's probably going to leave a trail of dead bodies in my wake. Right. But if I can go in um, open, curious, um, with a strong, like I, I'm a strong advocate for my own children, so I usually go in with that um, mindset as well. Uh, certain things I know for sure about my children, they, they don't, I, I'm positive that in this scenario, they act, there was an allegation of cheating. I'm sure that my son doesn't cheat. Mm-hmm. So that I, but, but is he forgetful and does he not do his homework sometimes or hand things in late? Absolutely. So being willing to go forward with, you know, here's what I know. Here's what I stand for. I'm standing up for him on this point. But here's where I can see that, yeah, we've got some, you know, he's not perfect. Nobody is. That has the potential, I think, to foster more trust if we can make our way through that conversation productively than if yeah. I just go in and accuse her of something. Right. But, so as, as a parent now, but with not much experience, only three months, uh-huh. I'm hoping one, one day, if that's my daughter, I'm gonna, I will go in to talk to the teacher yes. about it, even if yes. I don't have a good relationship with, with them. Like you said, that's how you can develop maybe yes. a stronger relationship with them or a stronger communication base with them, right? Absolutely. And uh, that's happened to me on a number of occasions. Parents have come in angry, and we've talked it out. And we we went back and forth a little bit. But you're right. It developed a stronger bond with us. And and uh, um, it's developed a stronger relationship. So uh, And I uh, totally respected the parent for doing it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to going you know, above me or to the principal right away. Or, so. or to not saying anything. Yeah. Right. Right. The other, the other thing that sometimes happens is they don't say anything. Right. So then where's the chance for the relationship to begin to evolve? For growth. There's, there's, yeah, there's no chance for growth. Right. 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 So conflict or raising issues as a um, step to building good relationship and trust is something I'm adding to our framework now. Mm hmm. There's, there's something else that I had thought about before, our, before we got um, to the show today. And that is, um, I have a, my kids do basketball. And there is a coach that they have, so it's not in your school, um, mm-hmm. it's elsewhere. And the coach is very, um, I, he yells a lot. <laughs> he yells mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm not, you, you've seen me with I, kids. I, I do too, though. I know you do. I, and and. <laughs> And I don't, right? right <laughs> I might right. yell at home. Actually, I'm pretty good at yelling at home. But <laughs> at school, I don't yell at people, generally right. speaking. So when, I'm, when I see this coach yelling, I, sometimes it, it just raises my mm, concern a little bit. Right. So, but, he's, but he's good. Like he's, he seems to love the kids. It seems to mm-hmm. come from a very, like you said, a very good intending place. Yeah. Um, right. And I think as well, when you're in a gym full of kids with basketballs, you've got to yell if you want to be heard. So he's trying yeah. to direct them through drills and so on. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. But one day he came up to, um, my younger son has very long hair. And he doesn't like to put it in a ponytail. So at the first session of this basketball, he asked him to put a headband on, which he did. He had one with him. So then the next week he saw him outside and he said, and I'm about to say a bad word, but he said to him, get a goddamn haircut. And I was like, whoa, hang on a second. Like that's just, 
that's a little intense. I mean, he's nine yeah. and you just said a bad word. And, right. you know, I, I, it caught me completely off guard. So I didn't respond in the moment because I was sort of astounded. Um, and then he, he moved on and the moment passed and I hadn't said anything. So I sat with myself and I said, is it worth going back to say something about it? And I decided no. In that mm-hmm. situation, I decided no. So I think the other thing that I'm, I want to bring into our framework here is discernment. What is worthy of raising and what do we decide to let slide or let go? Mm-hmm. And, and how would you, what advice would you give to parents on that front? Well, I think if you if you feel uncomfortable with something, you should definitely yeah. raise it. Yeah. Because um, if you felt uncomfortable with how he said it and what he said, yeah, then you definitely had the right to go up and talk to him about that. And um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 uh, crossing the line with kids too, right? Obviously. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it doesn't take much to cross the line. Um, you have to. Another thing, again, like he would have had to have developed a relationship with um, your youngest yes. to uh, be able to joke like that if he was joking. Yeah. Right? But I think yeah. it's a comfort level. If you're, if you're uncomfortable with something done, you mm-hmm. have every right to, to uh, go and talk about it and tell the person how you felt mm-hmm. and tell them not to speak to your son that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and only you know the intention behind it or what was felt. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of a personal thing, right? Like it's a yeah. personal, um, feeling whether you felt uncomfortable with it. And if you did, yeah, you're, you had every right to go up and say something. So I think that's where, that's where it comes in. Like, did I feel uncomfortable with what was done or said there? Yes. Yeah. So then we have to address it. Yes. Yes. And I think for me, um, that was one where I wouldn't have even brought it onto this, into this conversation had it mm-hmm. not been something that made me uncomfortable right. at the same time I think at that moment I decided not to I wanted I needed more data I mm-hmm. needed to see what is this person's yeah. it was only the second week what is right. this person's way of working with these kids and as I sat in future weeks he never said anything like that again right. and I realized it probably was a humorous thing that he was he was I think trying to be humorous yeah I don't think he was trying to be harsh he chose a word that wasn't one that I would use with a child that age um and um uh but I could I I could see as the weeks went by why I should place my trust in him and there were many many good things that he did that Mm -hmm. despite the yelling um very very good things that my children learned being there right that outweighed the small the small it became smaller of that incident and the fact that he raises his voice <laughs> became mm-hmm. smaller as I had more experience. So I think there's something about staying, like assessing your comfort with something and using that as a gauge for sure. And also staying, like staying yeah. in the watching and observing and taking in how that person is to see, you know, what, what is, what is this person all about? Yes, exactly. It's hard to judge a person um, with just um, one uh, in one instance or one moment in time or one word said or one one thing that was said to somebody. Right? Um, Like you said, it's nice to get information on it and over a period of time and see how they interact with the kids and and how much they've learned from them and and how consistently positive they are with them. Right? So. Yeah, um, exactly. I think that's that's definitely um, 
a, a strategy that parents should use when they're gauging a mentor, for sure. You know, there's something that you raised that I, I think is interesting because I said he yells and you said you do too. So tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Like what is, as a gym teacher, as a physical education teacher or in a coach of sports teams, tell me about that because I really don't, maybe there are other parents who also feel uncomfortable with that. W- mm-hmm. What is that all about? Well, I mean, everybody has different approaches, right, uh, for coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are prof- professorial. Yes. And like to just teach, right? And so yep. they're they're more of the teacher type of coach. And then there's other ones that are intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's variations of all three of those yes. categories too, right? People can be a mixture of of the three. Yes. But um, as far and, and you know, like it, it all comes down to your personality and and who you are because you can't fake it. Kids and adults know when you're faking it and trying to be something right. you're not. Right. So I'm more of an intense person. I have a temper, and uh, but not just that. It's uh, more like I I like to since I was a kid always be moving, always be doing something physical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I I'm I'm quiet at my my spare time, but um, when I'm in a competition, I really get into it. Yes, and I like to I like to try to transfer that or bring that out of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, where it because some people it exists, but they don't know how to access it on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think a good intense coach can bring that out of a lot of uh, athletes. Yes. Um, and the yelling part, so part of it is you're in a gym. I'm a gym teacher, phys ed yeah. teacher, so um, you have to be loud. If you're quiet, the balls just keep bouncing and right. the kids don't hear you, right? Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, but the other part is um, I like to be animated when in in practices to to yes. keep that energy level up because a lot of the times players are tired they come in thinking about other things they come in tired because they didn't get a good night's sleep but they haven't eaten properly so uh, part of and my philosophy part of the coach's job is to to bring that intensity into a practice so I like to be alive and loud and and, okay. and into it I think it's it's it can be positive if there's good intentions behind it. Again, a, mm-hmm. a student can tell when you care about them. They yeah. they can also tell when you're a yeller and a screamer and there's no love behind it either. So yeah. you have to have a balance, but through trust and developing that over time, uh, a student, an athlete can tell when you love them, but you're being hard on them at the same time. And uh, the hardness without the love doesn't work. Yeah. The hardness with the love works. I've I seen it work that. on so many athletes. So. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And again, in the leadership lingo, we call that courage and compassion. Courage mm-hmm. being the the courage being the intensity and the the you know you, your. It's not maybe courageous for you, but to be who you are, just to be yourself. Um, yeah, it to is be, very hard. To not, okay, yeah. Time. And then compassion is the love piece, right? To do so mm-hmm. with compassion, to, to find a way to connect to the other person as a human being. And when, it's, when you're a teacher with kids, you know, perhaps it is love. When I'm with my adult clients, yeah, I would say it's love too. It love and mm-hmm. acknowledgement of our shared humanity. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And, well, and we need to go to another sorry, break. So to to break? we can okay. pick this up again when we come back. Yeah. Um, and if you'd like to join the conversation for our final segment, please call at 1-888-346-9141. We'll be right back. We're 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know, effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. This is your host, Shameen Sadik, and I'm here with Royal Carney, my friend and uh, teacher that um, I'm so honored to get to hang out with on these shows and in our work together in the school. Uh, Before we jump back into the conversation, I want to remind you that the Leadership Circle Profile Certification, this is for executive coaches, human resources, and OD and L&D professionals, um, is coming up in Denver. Well, there may be others coming up before that. You can check the website for more info. That's theleadershipcircle.com. And I am teaching in Denver in October. So if you live uh, in Denver or close to Denver or want to go there to learn how to use the Leadership Circle profile with me, come and join me October 1st to 3rd. Um, and as well, if you're interested in talking with me about a number of things, could be the power circles for kids, could be power circles for coaches, or could be leadership development and executive coaching, there are a number of ways to get a hold of me. One is my email address. That's Shamin, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at AnjaliLeadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I, Leadership.com. Or you can connect with me on Facebook, through LinkedIn, or on Twitter, all by using my name, Shamin Sadik. And my last name is S-A-D-I-Q. So uh, please reach out. Oh, and as well, if you have feedback for me on the show, Stories from the Heart of Leadership, um, please feel free to drop me a line or send me a message. I would love to know how you're enjoying the show, um, what you think would make it even better, what topics you might like me to cover in the future. Um, Talk with me. Let me know. Let's uh, have a conversation together about this and continue to build it together. All right, so back to you, Royal. Um, Just before the break, we were talking about how it can be hard to be yourself and takes courage to do so. 
you had something to say about that. Yeah, I was I was going to say um, it is hard to uh, um, bring out your authentic self. Uh, um, I find that in coaching is one of the only places I can do it in my life. Um, uh, in other areas, it's it's hard because there's various societal pressures that uh, don't allow you to do that. Uh, or maybe that you put in your own way. That's maybe a better uh, way of putting it because you can always be your, be your true self. But it's, it's difficult because um, so um, it's nice when you can access that in your passion. And my passion is coaching and teaching. And, um, yeah, it's an amazing thing. And I, I, I feel that um, people feel your authenticity. And um, if it's coming from your heart, um, yeah. they will accept it and love it as much as you do. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that. I, you know what? I love that you added that because here's what I heard you say. My passion is coaching and teaching. And the only place I really get to bring that out is when I'm coaching. And then you caught yourself and said, it might not be because of other people or societal pressure. It's probably me putting some obstacles in my way. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think one of the things that would be really helpful is for you to, to share with us, what are some of the obstacles to this in, in the other areas of your life? Like what does stop you? Um, I don't know. It's a good point. It's a good question because I've never really, I've never really talked with myself about this, <laughs> but I think How great just, that you're um, talking about it here live on the radio now. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know. This is, uh, yeah. Put me on the spot here, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, my, the main thing that, that I think about right now is what, again, what's, uh, how will people view, uh, my honest opinion about things, right? Whereas in coaching, I'm quite honest. Whereas as a, as a person who's a friend or a relative, um, yeah, maybe not as honest as, as I should be because, uh, so it's maybe how I'm going to view how that other person, uh, is going to take it. Right. Cause so you feel um, concerned that's that just they... off the top of my head. I'm sure yeah. there's a million different yeah. reasons why, but. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is what, I think this is what stops a lot of people from speaking their truth is mm-hmm. a concern about what the other person is going to think. Right. Or how but it's it, going to be received. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, you know, it's like, um, the honest person is your best friend really, because they're not lying to you in any way, mm-hmm. it, whether it's good honesty or bad honesty, it's honest. Right. Um, right. so I, I view that because if I look at my mentors when I was uh, a kid, the ones that were hard on me are the ones that uh, I look back as being the best. At the time, I didn't like it so much. But um, now, the lessons that they taught me, I use, you know, 30 years down the road. And they were the hardest ones on me. They were the most honest ones. They told me when I played a bad game. They told me when I didn't work hard. They told me when I wasn't competing properly. And uh, when I thought I was. So, um I take those lessons now and use them in coaching, but I also use them in my my everyday life. So um, it, it's it's funny because uh, oftentimes we don't want that honesty um, to hear it at the time, but it's the best thing for us. It's like taking your medicine. You and it like sounds it, like, yeah, it and it sounds better. like it's hard for you to be on the delivering side of that outside of the coaching realm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, it's, it's um, yeah, it, it is hard. I do it. But it's yeah. not um, something that's uh, comfortable, 100% comfortable with yet. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me think about, I have, um, I have a friend, um, my best friend, and uh, she's been a, a guest on this show, and she's called in as, as a caller for, to uh, chat with me once as, mm-hmm. as well. And when I, think of, um, when I think of a best friend and I think of that honesty or courageous authenticity that we're discussing, I think of her. She delivers her view of what I'm doing <laughs> to myself or mm-hmm. whatever it is that I'm telling her about. Um, she will show me what she sees. And so it's almost like she takes a mirror and holds it up in front of me and says, look, here's what I see you saying. Here's what I see you doing. And she delivers that with a blend of um, love mm-hmm. and heart and straightforwardness that is astonishing and magnificent and brings tears to me just to even think about her, you know, just to think of what a gift it is to have a person like that in my life who does that. And she's not the only one. She's just the one that comes to mind right now. Um, uh, it is a tremendous thing. Now, now I would like to be that for people in my life. I am that definitely for my, I, I'm, I'm with you actually, Royal. I find it really easy in my professional role mm-hmm. to do that because that's what people are paying me for. They want right. me to coach them. And part of what I do as a coach is um, hold up this mirror and say, here's what I see you doing. And it may be something you're doing that isn't working, that isn't serving so well, that isn't so great. Um, and, and sometimes there are family situations or friend situations where that's, yeah, that's not so easy. It feels like there's more at risk if I really told them. And um, so I, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and it's so important that you, you have that in your life, um, as a, whether it's a friend or a relative, um, to, uh, to uh, do that self-reflection with, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, it's a gift. And um, yeah, like I, uh, I have um, a relative, actually just happened recently, um, who... Um, He's in a bad relationship, and I was a hundred percent honest with them with what they what I thought they should do yeah. as far as getting out because mm-hmm. oftentimes when uh you're we're in these things they don't get better, and they just yes. won't yes, and everybody can see that except the person that's in it yes, and so um it's just tougher when you know the person because you know that it's easier for them to respond in a bad way too mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that's mm-hmm. uh a block in that, but um not. Um, caring so much is how they how they respond to it immediately. I think that's something we have to keep in mind, and hopefully, the lesson that you're trying to teach them or the advice you're trying to give them will absorb over time. So, yeah, it's very important. I think there's some nuancing for um, for you that's available here, and it's something that I've had to learn as well. I think you and I would come at this from uh, there may be we may be coming at the same thing from opposite ways. So I would come. I would come at something like that as I'd be afraid that they'd be mad at me for mm-hmm. not, not appearing to support them. Um, and I think that you might come at it f- with that in mind, but also from a place of, this is what I think you should do about it, which has a little bit more directive kind of, here's mm-hmm. my advice to you and here's what you need to do. Right. I, I'm not sure if I'm reading this right or not, but that's my, my sense at the moment. And I think that the 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 place to look is how to deliver how the message gets delivered like right. i always had to work on adding more courage i think mm-hmm. you might have to work on adding compassion so right. that it might be more about saying you know when i see you in this and this happens this is 
the impact it has on me. I feel so awful for you. I feel sad. I, mm-hmm. I wish that wasn't what you were experiencing. Um, it, it might help, you know, to, it might be a way to help it so that it doesn't come across as, well, now Royal's telling me what to do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It smooths out those edges. It's for some people, they have to add courage to this equation. For some, they have to add compassion. Compassion, right. And and the compassion is really, how do I, how do I say what's true for me? So you don't want to water down the message, but how do I do that in a way that um, acknowledges that we're both human beings? Uh, Has us connecting um, emotionally as well as rationally, isn't just information, and as I'm saying this, I'm sort of smiling to myself because I can do both. I can do it both ways too. I, mm-hmm. I can work on. I I've had to work a lot on adding courage, but now I'm sometimes overly courageous, and I have to work on adding compassion, and then as well discernment. So we've got this really nice model here that we're that we're evolving: discernment, clarity, courage, compassion, timeliness, being willing to be open to another possibility, assuming positive intention. And, you know, there's something else that we haven't really talked about that I want to add in here as we get close to the end of our show. And that is, what is this all for the sake of? What is it all in service of? And you've said it a number of times in this conversation. When we're talking about raising the issues at school on behalf of our kids, it is really for the good of our kids. That's what this is all in service of. Definitely. It's not it's not really so you and I can be friends. It's more so that we can both be aligned on we want the best for those kids. Yes, absolutely. I think that's another piece to this puzzle is if we as parents or we as teachers entering into these difficult conversations can keep at the forefront that the thing we're here for is the good of the kids. Mm-hmm. That would go a long way to helping us uh, enter into the conversations clearly and compassionately. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's as as a in uh, education, it's always about the development of the kids and mm-hmm. seeing them progress. And the main thing is their confidence, belief, self belief, believing in themselves. And uh, when you see that they're going in the direction of that self improvement in those areas, yeah. then uh, then you know you're that they're on the right path. Exactly. And, you know, um, what we're up to with the power circles, I can take the opportunity to bring this in in the last two minutes, is, um, is building resilience in the kids, helping them to build resilience so that they can navigate well, so that they can engage in difficult conversations. Because everything that we are doing as adults is mirrored in their experience. They've mm-hmm. got to deal with kids that are have a different opinion, kids that approach things in a different way. Um, they've got to learn to speak up for themselves, sometimes with coaches and teachers as well. Absolutely. And if we can support them in in doing that, we're helping them to build resilience. And the way in which, one way in which we do it is by modeling it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's where our... Uh um, the work we you and I have been doing the last two years with uh, with the kids at our school um, has been fantastic. There's so many uh, students who have come up to you in the hallways and told you how uh, how it's helped them, right? Um, open yes. up and communicate and realize that there's lots of people that they can talk to, yeah. um, not just other students. There's there's uh, safe adults that they can talk to as well, whether it's a teacher or another parent who's yeah. willing to listen, right? Absolutely. And, um, I think that's one of our main goals was to 
to make them aware of of the lines of communication are open with a lot of good people. Yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to hold things in. There's Absolutely. To talk to. Absolutely. And so we've come full circle. What we want for um, for te- parents and teachers, we want for the kids. And how beautiful! Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I love that. Well, we are at the end of our time, and I want to thank you so much, Royal, for joining me again on the show, your second appearance here. Hey, my pleasure. I I really enjoy it, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. And to my listeners, thank you so much for listening again. Next week, we will be talking about letting go and allowing, and I have another fabulous guest for you next time. So until then, be well, and I will be with you again in a week. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone.